Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Thank you so much for joining us, Louise. It's so exciting to have you on board today. I have been so looking forward to doing the podcast with you. Thank you for agreeing to jump on. You are an absolute phenomenon in your space in terms of the work you're doing, the books you've written, the stages you've spoken on. We don't have, uh, it's, I'm thrilled that you said yes to jumping on today. Uh, Louise, are you happy? The first question is most people have is, how on earth did she get into this? <laughs> are you happy to share a little bit of your background and how you got this journey to this amazing space you're in now? Yeah. Well, you know, it was an accident. Well, it wasn't an accident or really I've always followed my heart. So follow that heart. And to follow that heart, I guess there are two parts to my background is I started off in the business world with uh, an economics degree in statistics. That was my thing. And then I made the obvious leap into opera singing. So, um, you know, having been in opera and then coming out of opera, I wanted to get back into business. And I thought I'd take over the world. And I was on a management team and these really wonderful people who I met were doing fabulous work. And then they were asked to get up in front of the group and speak to the group. And uh, these wonderful people I'd see get up in front of the group and I'd go, what, what, what happened to them? You know, they were hopeless, wow. they were pathetic. And I just became driven. You know, what do you know about, you know, how to bring yourself forward and perform, which, of course, I brought from my opera background. And I just became driven and passionate about it. So it wasn't a career. It wasn't a path I followed. It was following my heart. And uh, and I call it a calling rather than a profession, because if I didn't get paid, I'd go out on the street and do the same thing for free. Wow. And I love that, Louise, because, you know, we often think about when we're going into this space of consulting, it, a big part of it is, well, what is it that fulfills me? What would I do that you know, even if I wasn't necessarily being paid that I love so much and love to be able to contribute. I know I've seen a lot of the interviews that you've talked about and often when we've spoken, you often do say, I just love what I do. I love it. Uh, And I love the results. The results. So that's what I wanted to ask you about. So when you're working, are you happy to share, like you spend, um, for those who would go a little bit behind the scenes in your practice, if that's okay. So you speak at a lot of conferences so we've got the inspirational keynote and then you do this amazing analysis you're in the media are you happy to share a little bit about the types of modes of delivery how you deliver speaking and coaching and training and so you know speaking I just love speaking I'm a show up born show up and uh speaking (laughs) 
my passion. And speaking, I call motivational. And I was uh, saying to you earlier, you know, I just got some feedback today and, and the fellow said it was a five-day conference. He said, Louise, your work got us all energised and we were we kept talking about it until the Friday afternoon. We were still motivated and exciting, excited. You know, the, the speaking for me is motivation. Then we come right. to um, training or what, you know, you call mini events. I love that term, mini events, because I don't do training. Um, mini events. <laughs> and at mini events, um, you know, you put yourself in a whole different bracket if you say training, but mini events where right. I have to help people um, learn the, the skills. And then coaching where we get to work for longer and we embed the skills. Um, so they're right. the levels and then of course I run retreats so people can come over and get a um, an immersion um in the whole thing and I've just finished one of those on Friday um and you know loved every minute so that's what I do and with that work it, people sometimes because mm-hmm. I'm known for body language that um yes is what I do so let's put that up here and then people see me on tv so they say or oh, analyzing people is what you do actually the work goes from analysis and then we look at it from a body language perspective but what I'm really passionate about is an analysis which we come in a different direction and look at it from a health perspective um and oh. Relevant, what is the body language, which is perception of others, but the health perception is what is this doing to you as a person? And then, of course, we have to move on and learn the skills and transform. So, there's analysis, body language, health, and transformation. That's interesting, Louise. Can you explain a little bit more about the health side of it? When you say, What is this doing to you? Are you talking about, you know, that like physiologically what it's doing to you when people are trying to Uh, transform how they communicate the basis of my work is the mind body voice connection so everything starts in the mind yes it does but you know being a singer i know about getting people to change and and you know really change in the moment and i know that if you go back to the mind it's too slow it's too slow. I get people coming in with performance anxiety who have a, a presentation in a few days. I don't have right. time to ask them about their relationship with their parents. You know, it's right. you know what I mean? And so forget yeah. the mind. So we go to the middleman, which is the body, and we look at how we block ourselves in the body. Now, the voice is an outcome of those blockages. So we can hear the blockages in the voice. So say, for instance, if somebody has their jaw tension and they're doing this, you can hear clearly that they have a tension in the jaw. Now, from a perception, say, um, you know, this looks angry or tight or aggressive, so don't do it. Well, people usually won't change because of perception. They go, I don't care what other people think. That's what I do. Well, what if I told okay. jamming your tempo mandibular is killing you and will grind all your teeth down? Your tongue will become lazy. It will age you faster. You will sound ridiculous. Um, you know, it, it, it's um and you know it, it and it usually pulls the neck off and then the head goes yes. And then you hurt the spine, and then ugh, you can't breathe, um, and none, never good not to breathe. Um, so there are a lot <laughs> we should constantly be looking at, oh, freeing the way air comes out of our body, and how our sound is a repercussion of that. 
process. Forget how wow. other it's your own health. And so it really is, um, if I think about, you know, some of the struggles that I've had, you know, even in my own voice and things like that, like even coming off stage, you know, I notice sometimes there's tension, you know, like it's through the back of your neck or I often get a pain up the back of my head, like um, um, like a sharp pain or it might be uh, not being able to, like you say, um, I often have things like oh, my mouth will go dry, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm sure these are things that you find often people sometimes struggle with, particularly experts, like we're experts in our space and we're speaking on these stages. Um, what do you find are the ones that often hold women back when they're presenting as part of building their practices and on stages do you find there are particular things that are impacting on their health on stage absolutely so one of the things was i talk about two people who are just on the retreat one every mm-hmm. sound so this is how you're supposed to make sound the stomach goes in which squeezes lung out of air out of the lungs the air comes out of your body this has nothing to do with it it goes like this ha 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 can you see any movement here? No, because there isn't any. Oh. This is what many people okay. initiate sound. They throw their head. They go, ha, ha, ha. So why would you say that? Why do you think that that's important? You know, I don't think that's it. So they throw their head. They throw their jaw. They open their mouth. Um, that's one of the things. The other thing is that sometimes when we go to speak, we'll breathe high. So we'll go. Look, Jane, I think one of the key things there is look, Jane, and we set our body high. We set it high. Now, you yes. can see already the repercussion. That's, that's having that kind of tension on your throat will give, give you a new sound. And then often, because yes. I have no ear, I speak really quickly. I speak really quickly. So people will say if you speak really quickly, the solution is to speak more slowly. I actually can't. Can't speak more slowly. I can't. Do it. can't breathe. <laughs> so it's all about getting your body lined up, getting the air down, relearning how to initiate sound. Recognize your strategy for initiating sound. Nothing could be more important. Wow. And Louise, what do you think the impact of that is? I mean, you're in your own practice, you see this for yourself and you're the master of it. For those women, I know you see a lot of women who are, who do have their own consulting businesses and things like that. Where do you see that that shows up? Is it in credibility? Is it in trust? Is it in when they're trying to perhaps close a deal or something like that? It's undermining their message and what they're saying is it a distraction what's the impact of all that happening credibility, credibility absolutely is a woman okay. to get it wrong trust is essential you will lose trust if if um you're 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 holding your breath you will lose trust people don't trust people who break their sound like that um and well. in you can't have influence because you can't get through all of that trust and credibility to have influence. But the biggest thing that I find is that people will get away with a lot of mistakes. But then they come and they say to me, I have lost my confidence. So it's not right. about how you come across. It's about the personal impact that these failings have on us. We just say, I feel I don't have gravitas. I just don't have 
the confidence and and I've lost my confidence. I look if I had a penny for every time I've heard that, I'd be rich. Right. And you talk about this, you've got an amazing white paper called Applied Confidence, where you talk about, I love this model that you have, you talk about uh, these levels of, uh, um, you have like this visual representation of how the voice works, yes? So like over time and the, the it's not just volume, but the quality of the voice and how it evolves into excellence. Are you happy to share a bit about that? I find it fascinating. Yeah. So if this is the y-axis, which is your, you know, excellence in performance, and this is the x-axis, which is over time, you know, you start off and you have an engagement, you're going along and you might be quite good and then not so good and not so good and keep going. We're going that way. Um, The thing is that there is a line here somewhere that is the line Mm -hmm. of excellence when you hit a professional level and people start off, we're just and we stay sometimes better sometimes not but we never hit that sort of professional standard we want to get up so that we know what that feels like and you'll drop up and down drop up and down and then get so that we drop down less than we're above and then eventually you're completely above so you're having an off day but you still come in and are above that professional line and continue through the day above that professional line um uh and and you know that's the mastery isn't it never to slip down and so this is the work that you do yeah you're working on not just being able to progress through those levels but to actually get to a point of mastery like you say that regardless of what your day is whatever's happened it doesn't matter you can you know how to tap into that level of excellence in terms of how you communicate, influence, use your voice, uh, all that, yeah? yeah? You have to be be able to perform underwater. Yeah. It has yeah, to right. be on control. <laughs> and people say, oh, but how can I think of this and do my work? Well, you don't because if you're thinking about it while you're presenting or talking to a client, it's too late. You know, you, the work happens before that. Um, it's when you get out and the rubber hits the road in that performance. But you only ever save, these are all known performance thoughts, you only ever save 5% of your mind for your technique, 5% maximum. And one of the things that I talk about a lot these days is other frameworks that you're using to structure your engagement. Um, and wow. people don't think about their framework and they'll say to me they have to do tons of preparation you don't have time in today's world to do preparation you don't have time you have to have a framework that you're going to follow and then the skills that just come out because you practice them enough amazing so um, if I can go then to your practice, Louise, because we've come from this is coming from your expertise, which is truly uh, extraordinary. And if anything, really quite groundbreaking, because there's not really a lot of research in this space. Yet your Dr. Louise Marler and a lot of your work has sort of identified that there isn't, um, you know, a lot of research in this space. And you're having to articulate this with the audiences you're working with. Um, when you came into your uh, practice and as it started, what were some of the, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced in growing your practice? I'm guessing 
COVID is probably one of them with being a professional speaker and, and how many gigs sort of went from the calendar pretty quickly. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges for you growing your practice? Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, Jane. In my PhD, I, um, uh, you know, I won um, uh, in outstanding recommendations from the examiners internationally and the University Award right. for um, my PhD for innovation ideas. And a lot of my literature research was not about a literature review, but a lack of literature review and the rubbish wow. that is spoken. There are 32 fields of voice, for instance, all that address voice for different people. None, basically, that address voice adequately for people in business. So, for instance, our angologist will say, um, oh, you want to talk about voice? Does, does Jane have cancer of the throat? No. Oh, well, then I'm afraid I can't help. You know, the speech pathologist, right. does Jane have a lisp or maybe a paralyzed vocal vault? No. Oh, well, I can't help. You know, these singers don't want to work with people who speak. Actors want to do their own style of imitation. Um, this um, few people who can help you in the every day, every per man, getting out, every woman, getting out and speaking in a professional environment. It's it's. Um, dealt with in nonverbal skills, which is then only dealt with from the area of perception, not um, reality. So the lack of understanding of the work, right. the depth of the work, it has been left out of our culture for 70 years now, 70 years. Wow. Mm. So that's been a huge challenge. So all of my work comes from people who know me. So it's very hard yeah you know, sell the work. In fact, client I'm debriefing with this morning from the a conference last week, um, he said, you've no idea how difficult it was to get you in, um, you know, to get you in to do. So he said, thank you, because, you know, you were amazing. But he said, also, you lifted my credibility. Um, and people don't get the work until they see it. And right. so I get all my work from past work. That's interesting because a lot of women that we work with who are in the community will often say things like they're trying to sort of get in and change something, but they feel like, oh, I feel like I'm trying to sell them what they need as, as opposed to what they want. Yeah. And what you're saying is that a big part of that is the relationships and the, and the trust that you've built with the clients because everyone sort of books you who knows you, yeah? There's only one way to do it, get in and do it. Get in and do, do it. it. Oh, get in and do it. Okay. Yeah. And we've got... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because they don't know what they want. Yeah, okay. And you know what they want. So what that looks like in your practice, Louise, if I think about the media, you do an incredible amount of work in the media and you're applying your skill into some of the ways they can consume that in a way they understand how to consume it. So if I see you on TV, for example, if I see you on Sunrise or I see you on Today, is that you'll do, say, the analysis and we'll go, oh, that's great, you know, that's so entertaining, it's funny, she's insightful, all those things. I'm not necessarily there for the transformation, I'm there for the entertainment. But if I want to embed that, if I want to learn more about that and that's the transformation, then you've got a mode there to be able to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. I find doing media is very um, fascinating because you're dealing, they want you to bring us down to the lowest common denominator. The lowest yes. common denominator 
always yes. talks about truth and lies and they always want to ask, is this person telling the truth or are they telling a lie? Well, you know, there are right. there- so, for instance, with Amber Heard, I got 2.7 million hits on my Amber Heard analysis. I know. <laughs> so people are saying, is she telling the truth or a lie? Well, how about she's telling her truth? Because I actually believe she has a bit of a personality disorder, which means she has set a story with characters and what happens, and that's the way it is, and nothing deviates from that. So she's telling that story as she sees it, and it's a bit distorted. But she's not lying. She's not lying. She's telling her truth. Um, truth. Well, that's a kind of a middle ground. You know, it's a bit more complicated. Mm. Yes. It's fascinating to watch your analysis. If you're listening to the podcast, I will put links to um, that actual video that you're talking about. That was phenomenal. 2.7 million views, uh, which is outstanding. Anyone else in the world, you know, so it obviously says something that hit a nail for people. Yes. You know, because, you know, we sometimes find it hard, don't we, to articulate. We, there's a reason why that person doesn't really do it for me or there's yeah. something that's not quite right. Yeah. And not just for yourself, but for us as experts is we need to be able to articulate those intuition or that intuition or those feelings that people are having. You're translating it through your expertise to go, well, this is because how often I know how often I've watched you and I see on the media and what she's saying I go oh she's nailed that that's exactly right and uh I remember when you did there's one a video on your website which is uh uh with um Dave Hughes and and which is hilarious and you talk about uh some of the characters that are on that on that show and you talked about Merv Hughes and you said look at Merv he's so likable he's so trustworthy (laughs) And you're always trying actually. And and he is. They're always trying to catch me out. But it's a bit like throwing me into the pickle patch, you know, (laughs) because I I analyze my life and I do it. And and when I did that Dave Hughes one, there's these comedians, professional comedians, and they get on and they just think, oh, lamb to the slaughter. (laughs) They're going to have me for breakfast. So I was one step ahead of them. Before, when I got out there, I had them all analysed. And just from watching TV in the green room, I was just watching them. And it was a bit like, um, you know, I, I was thinking Harper Valley PTA. There's Mr. Jones is sitting there and, you know, seven times he's asked me for a day. You know, I like, I had them all lined up. Don't you get me? I'm going to get you first. And the same <laughs> Breakfast TV, they'd throw me in. And I had uh, Sam the other day, who I'd never met before. And then he turns to me, you know, unscripted, and he says, yeah, what do you see in me? And, you know, you're on national live TV. you got to, you know, and funnily enough, I'd been watching him. And I went, well, you do this, you know. And, uh, and you know, they, they, but they're always trying to catch me out. Yeah, they, they want you to trip up. They always want to simplify it. So this Wednesday right. I've got a TV and they want to know why, what is it that we people do what, that we don't like when we meet them and what can you do if you do like? Well, I could go on for hours and go into a big grey area there. But instead, yes. you know what it's like in business, you've got to bring it down to here are five things that you could do. And I think, ah, you know, <laughs> that's how you get the airtime. That's right. And, Louise, in terms of, 
uh, in terms of building your practice or with the, you see a lot of female consultants, you're at conferences and see a lot of them on stages and the things that they're doing with growing their businesses. What advice would you have for someone who's perhaps listening today and listening to this interview with you? You have, you are probably one of the most experienced female consultants or women working with the corporate sector in the country. What advice would you have for them if they're looking at you and going, how on earth has Louise done this? How can I tap into some of her expertise? What could I be doing better? What do you find when you're working with them? What advice would you have? Jane, I've worked hard. <laughs> you have? Yeah, I've worked yeah. hard. And, you know, I've always said to get work, walk out the front door and turn left. And, you know, I, I, I do. That means pick up the phone. Who is it I haven't spoken to for two years? Hi. And what's a reason I could think of? You know, right. Storm, did they, I read something on LinkedIn about them. I don't know. But just keep contact, keep going, keep out there. Um, <laughs> get up and do, 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 do. I don't have any smart marketing strategies. I just work. Yeah, you definitely do. And you're the master of maintaining those relationships. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I try, but yeah, I try. I yeah. Try. It's hard. It is hard, but you make it look so easy. And I think it does look easy. It's like, oh, how hard can it be? She's on TV and look, she's on a stage. Is this all you do? <laughs> um, Louise, it's been such a pleasure and we've been so fortunate to have you on the show. If people are interested in working with you or interested in learning more about your programs, uh, I think a big one is probably your retreats and you have some coaching programs. Are you happy to share a little bit about your retreats and how they work perhaps? Yeah, the retreats are three days and I hold them in different places, maybe even one in Europe um, next year, uh, three days. <laughs> and, and we come along and the idea is to analyse everything that you do uh, right. in terms of your everything with your body, your voice and your structure, and then saying, well, is this working, you know, for other people, but is it working for you? Um, are wow. you happy if you lost your confidence? And then we start on the new skills and we work them through. And the key to the work that I do is it's quite confrontational, so we make it funny. Right. <laughs> go yeah, a very vulnerable thing to go through, yeah. We have a lot of laughs and uh, small group, small group. Um, and, you know, we work all day, every day. And then we go right. for dinner and a walk and we actually have a horse psychology session and you can have a mask yeah. if you want one. And we have a yoga person coming in the morning. You know, it's just go, 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 go. And lots of fun, 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 fun. And, and make the best friends you've ever had before. Oh, wow. I love that. I think uh, Seth Godin talks about retreats and he says, you always want to walk out with a, a better to-do list and a better group of friends. I think he's right. Um, uh, so for those who are listening today, if you're thinking about, you want to find out more about Louise, jump on Louise's website. Louise, Louise is Dr. Louise Marla, uh, sorry, louisemarla.com.au. Jump on the website. Louise's retreats are on there. You have those retreats both uh, you can attend as an individual, but uh, organisations could also work with you and you can do those internally. And Louise has some coaching as well. She has a fantastic book called Resonate, which is also available on the website too. Louise, it's been such a, a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. And uh, we look forward to perhaps seeing you back on the show again in future. Thank you.